right, we are enjoying this series, uh, Follow the Prompt. And uh, I just want to let you know that I'm loving it so much that I'm adding a bonus week to this series. Uh, yeah. How many know I like to do that? I, I started to preach two of them back to back on Saturday night, and then I realized people don't go online. So then I just decided, go with the bonus ones, and you know, not everybody watches them. And this is something so important. I want you to hear it. And uh, so we're adding that bonus. It'll be two weeks from now uh, that I'll do the bonus week. Uh, it just works out with the schedule. And I uh, just want to let you know that we believe that God speaks to us today. We believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And uh, today at the end of service, uh, I'm going to go and, and, and do a little illustration here with a, a Bible and a camera and just kind of showing you how the Holy Spirit speaks to me when I'm reading the Word of God and uh, kind of excited about that to be able to do that and uh, just to be able to help you to understand how God speaks to you. I want to make this so real, so normal, so natural. I want you to understand some of you have been confused. You're trying to figure out, is that God? Is it not God? Am I hearing the prompts of God? And I want you to understand that many of you are hearing the prompts of God. Now, I will tell you this, that he does speak to us today. Um, I've never heard an audible voice. I have friends that have told me they've heard an audible voice. If you've heard an audible voice, talk to your elders later. And uh, we'd love to hear it. And, uh, but I do believe that he speaks to us more than just dreams, more than just hallucinations. He gives us, you know, a clear thoughts. And we're going to talk about that. He gives us thoughts and he speaks to us very clearly. John 16, 13 has been one of our passages that we've used as a main text. And it says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. And just as a form of review, we said that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us with spontaneous thoughts. And these thoughts are going to sound like our thoughts in our mind, but they're not our thoughts. They're actually God-inspired thoughts, and he's using our voice, our thoughts, and there's a little difference to them. They're coming from him. They're not just things we're thinking of. And if we're, it's interesting, when I was studying this and researching this, the Hebrew culture called this the voice of gentle silence. Isn't that interesting? The voice of gentle silence. In the silence of your thoughts, there's a gentle voice of God that is there speaking to you. Now, uh, we just, as, again, review, we said, uh, we're going to believe that he's speaking to us, first of all, and we're going to spend time in listening mode. We're not going to multitask God. We're also going to expect to hear him. Uh, and then anything he says, we're going to obey. That's just great advice no matter what. Anything he says, we're going to obey. And uh, if we get tough things, we're going to use community to decipher it. You know, sometimes we get things that are a little tough, and we're not sure if that's God or not, and we're going to use community. Matter of fact, the bonus week, I'm going to deal exclusively with that if God asks you to do something way outside of normal, and, uh, and then we talked about you get better in time. You get absolutely better in time when you listen to God. And uh, I listened to uh, Pastor Darren's sermon uh, that he preached last week in the series, and I, I, I loved it. I loved this one point. That he, I loved the whole thing, but I loved this one point. I practically just thought, like, man, I wish I would have preached that one, because that's good. And uh, <laughs> how do you know you like it when you're gone, and the preacher's preaching something so good, you're like, you wish you said that, right? You know, so... He said, like, you say yes to God, and that requires obedience. And then doubt starts to creep in, and you need trust. And then he says, the action that God's asking you to do requires faith. And I thought, wow, that could be like a fifth bonus sermon right there. And as I was trying to summarize it, as I'm writing my notes and going along with this sermon, I wrote down, you know, it seems like God speaks to our head 
then it settles in our heart and it moves to our hands. How many know that? It's like you get a thought and all of a sudden it becomes yours. You own it. It gets wrapped in compassion and gets wrapped in love. And all of a sudden it just can't help, but it comes out in your hands in the form of action. So God speak to us in that way. So head to heart to hands and we can move forward. Uh, so today, um, why, why would God need to speak to us with these prompts? Why would he need to speak to us with these prompts? And uh, I'll give you a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, we are on a journey. We've been given a job to do. In case you didn't know this, we are in a relationship with God, and he is asking us in this relationship to go out and share about this relationship with other people, and we're going to help them to become followers of God and be on this journey with us, okay? So while we're on this journey and we're supposed to go into all the world, that means your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, maybe God will call you to cross an ocean someday, but he's saying go into all the world and make disciples. You're on this journey. You've been given this job to do, and he's saying if you're going to do this job, if you've got this calling and this commission to do, I'm going to give you guidance, specific guidance for every one of you that has this job to do. Now, the more I understand this, the more I'm just amazed and grateful for this because in the Old Testament, God would only break in on just a few people's lives. If you know your Old Testament, you know that God would break in on the prophet, the priest, and the king, and he would break in on them and give them specific direction, much like what we get today. So he'd give just those three groups. So you can imagine the rest of the people like, not getting anything, and they're kind of wondering, like, where and what and how, and only to a specific people would he break in and give these directions to. Then we see in the Gospels, Jesus is here, and he's talking to a lot of people, and he's interacting with people. Then he leaves the earth, and he says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to be able to interact with every one of you, and he's going to help you in his power, in the power of God, to go out and do what you've been called to do. And it's a pretty amazing thing that uh, these prompts come to us, these little quiet prompts, and uh, we're able to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, why are they quiet prompts? Um, I, I, as I've been just meditating on this and, and studying this, I feel this, that God wants to speak to us in quiet prompts because grace and love work best with a whisper. How many know that? Grace and love. That's our message, grace and love. And how many know if we were to go out and say, listen to God, and all of a sudden, you know, that'd be like fear, like, okay, okay, we'll serve him. How many know that grace and love work best with a whisper? And so that's what's going on. He's given us these prompts, and on top of that, um, I found this scripture, Job 26, 14. Job's saying this. He says, hey, these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. Who could understand the thunder of his power? How cool is that? I mean, Job is like, okay, guys, we're just getting like the outer edge of the communication from God. We're getting these little whispers because we couldn't even handle the thunder. And some of you are like, God, speak to me audibly. And he's like, yeah, you can't handle that. You can't handle that. That would just freak you out. You'd be a done. You'd be over. You'd be a puddle, all right? So don't do it. Now, if you're not getting prompts, incidentally, if you're not getting prompts as a follower of God, that's not normal. Getting prompts from God is part of the normal Christian walk. And, and the sad thing is many churches, many believers start to go into a lull where they don't want a prompt. They don't want you to hear from God. You know, maybe they do, but you just don't talk about it. You just kind of like autopilot, just show up, put the check in, sit in the same seat. Don't worry about it. 
I believe that you are called and you should be hearing prompts. And if you're not hearing prompts, that's abnormal. And you should be saying even now, God, give me some prompts. I want to hear from you. But we're on this journey and he's giving us prompts. Second thing, um, we get prompts because we're prone to wander. We're prone to wander. And how many know that the prompts are like the Holy Spirit saying our middle name, getting us back on track, right? How many know that we just, we just are prone to wander? It's true. Isaiah 53 talks about like, we all like sheep have gone astray. John 10 talks about, you know, like there's a stranger's voice and Jesus says, they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. And he's like, my sheep start to know my voice and they follow me, but there's an enemy that's trying to get you a different voice to get you to scatter. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, one of the many sermons I've been reading of his this year, said, if you put a sheep in the pasture 20 times, he said, he will escape 21 times. And if he doesn't, it's only because he didn't find a hole in the hedge. Okay? Because we are just prone to wander. We want to wander away. We're like, oh, look at that, and look at that. And the enemy's tempting us. And so the Holy Spirit's like, hey, hey. Hey, get back here. And incidentally, my middle name, I feel like it's punishment. My parents named me Robert Ferdinand Ketterling II. So like the Holy Spirit will be like, Robert Ferdinand Ketterling II, get back over here. How many know that's what he's doing? Okay, yeah. Some of you are like, wow, that's all right. His parents did punish him. Okay, all right. I asked that guy, I said, do you want to name our oldest Robert Ferdinand Ketterling III? She goes, it ends with you. It ends with you. All right, okay. But the Holy Spirit keeps us on track with the prompts, okay? So he's keeping us tracked because we wander. So why do we need the prompts? Third thing, um, we're being formed into his image. We're being formed into God's image, and we have a long way to go. Now, I want to let you know this is incredible from Galatians about the prompts of God and the Holy Spirit speaking to you and helping you to understand where you're going. And in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, it says this, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you're not to do whatever you want. It, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, I want to just explain this to you about being led by these prompts of God, because this is really critical in your development as a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, in the Old Testament, remember, only a few people were getting these prompts from the Holy Spirit, all prophet, priest, and king. The rest of the people are just kind of wandering, trying to wonder about God and trying to get this and trying to figure it out. And so God gave his law to the people, and he said, if you're wondering what I'm thinking about this, here's the law. If you're wondering what I'm thinking about this, here's the law. If you're wondering, here's the law. And so people go like, I wonder if I should do that or not. And they would read the law. And they're like, oh, okay, so that's not, we're not supposed to do that. Okay, don't do that. Okay, does this make sense? All right, if you're, on, if you're watching online, nod so your campus pastor can see you. All right, all right. So, uh, it, it, so they have these laws and these 613 laws that were developed and rules and guides that are going on. So they have all these things. And you can imagine living a life and you're kind of like, I don't know, let's get that here. What page is that on? And you're trying to find it and trying to figure out how am I supposed to live? Okay, so Paul, when he's writing here in Galatians, he's saying um, there's all these laws, but if you're led by the Spirit, if you're led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to give you the mm-hmm or the mm-mm, okay? 
That's what he's saying. Now, now if I could have somebody help me out, uh, Topper, come on up here. Topper's one of our pastors here at the church, and uh, I'm just going to call him up. I want you to understand what this word, when it says being led by the Spirit, okay? So what it means being led by the Spirit, the, the verb that is being used here uh, about being led by the Spirit is implying pressure or control. So it means like if Topper's going to try to veer to the wrong way, the Holy Spirit's going to be like, oh, no, 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 we're supposed to stay over here. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you're just, and the Holy Spirit's like, nope, this is the way we're going to go. Okay, do you understand? That's how the verb says, okay? And Topper just yields to the Holy Spirit. By the way, his name is Aaron Top, and I, his nickname's Topper. And, uh, but... <laughs> He yields to the Holy Spirit, but if he ever veers off, the Holy Spirit's going to give him gentle pressure and also bring in gentle control, all right? Does that make sense? Okay, that's what it means. Thanks, Topper. I so appreciate it. I put him on the spot here. I was like, call some unsuspecting victim. All right, so, um, but that's what the verb means. That's what the verb means. It means if you're led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you feel the nudge. Think about it. You, you are being tempted to sin, and you're trying to be formed to the image of God, and the Holy Spirit goes, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm, mm-mm-mm, and he gives you a nudge. And there's other times you're wondering about obedience, and the Holy Spirit's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And you're like, okay, okay. And sometimes you'll even say, like, I don't even know how I got to this spot. This is so cool. God has just brought me someplace I never even dreamt of. And it's because you've been led by the Holy Spirit. He's been exerting gentle control on you, and he's doing that in, in your morals, and he's doing that in the good. Now, side note of this, in parenting, parents, you have got to teach your kids how to hear the voice of God. Okay, you have to. Your voice, they don't understand the voice of God when they're little. That's why you're like, no, don't touch that. No, don't touch that. Don't touch that. No, mommy said no. Daddy said no. And you take them away from it, right? And you guide and you control. How many know that? But you have to teach them to hear the voice of God and to learn right and wrong. If you don't, the day they leave your home and you're no longer there to say no, mom and dad said no, no. How many know they're going to say yes, 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 yes to all the wrong things? So you have to learn, help them to learn how to hear the voice of God so they can be under his control and guidance. And then how many know you can send them off to college and you'll still pray like crazy when they're gone, but you'll trust that they've learned how to hear the voice of God. And when offered temptation, they're going to have the nudge of the Holy Spirit. They're going to recognize that voice and be able to say yes, okay? So this is interesting. When you obey the Holy Spirit, it produces a transformed character. That's what Paul goes on to write in Galatians 5, 22 through 25. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. He's like saying, guess what? The Holy Spirit's just letting you run free in those good things. He's not even worrying about corralling you. He's got you going in the right direction. And all these things are things you should pursue with all your heart, wholeheartedly run after them. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Remember those things you want to drift off and do? And he's saying, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. And so this is something that's going on. The Holy Spirit is prompting us because we're supposed to be formed into his image, and he's really guiding us and controlling us and moving us. But how many know we can do a spin-out move on him? Huh? Some of you are way too good at the rebellious spin-out move. We all are, to be honest with you. We, we are, we're sad. We, we have that rebellious nature that needs to be crucified and killed, and, and we need to be formed into his image. But he's, he's working on us, and we need to realize that God is working on every single one of us. And I could say this um, 
for those that have been saved a long time, followers of Jesus for a long time, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide the people around you, okay? You are not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so you're like, oh, my parents should have heard that a long time ago. All right, you know, but remember, you didn't know the voice, and so they had to, and now you can hear. Okay, so, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. You are not the Holy Spirit. What we should do for all new believers, instead of leading them to faith in Christ and going, all right, now here's all the things you got to give up. And by the way, drop that and don't do that and break up with her and, and get, don't smoke that. And, you know, and, you know, we go right through the list, boom, 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 right? Here's what we should do. Okay, hey, God loves you and he gives you grace and he loves you so much that he just forgave you of everything you've done wrong. Now, the coolest thing is he's going to start talking to you and you're going to th- get these thoughts and you're going to think, where did that thought come from? And a lot of it's going to be God. If you're confused, call me, I'll help you out. Okay, call me, I'll help you out. But what he's going to do, he's going to give you these thoughts, and these thoughts, you're, you're gonna, he's going to tell you to not do things, he's going to tell you to start doing things, and you're going to start doing things you never did, and you're going to give up things you always did, all right? And, and, and what we want to do is, again, we want to give him all the lists, like, okay, and here's the first five things he's going to work on, right? And, and the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 I was going to deal with that tonight at dinner. I had that under control. Don't worry about that, I'll never forget I led this guy to a faith in a restaurant in Egan. I, I prayed with him. I lead him to faith in Christ in the, in, right in the restaurant, you know? And um, so the first question he asked me, like, in Jesus' name, amen, he's like crying. He's like, it's so cool. And he goes, I have a question for you, Pastor. He goes, is God going to make me get rid of all my music that I listen to? And I said, well, we'll, we'll you ask him. And today he'll kind of show you what he thinks about your music. And he's like, okay, okay. So he gets in his car and he's leaving House of Wing. And this is like cassette days, okay? So he puts his cassette in the car and he like, cranks some dark metal music, and he's like, listen, and all of a sudden, and the tape goes shooting out of the thing. <laughs> he calls me up, he goes, I don't think he likes my music. <laughs> now, how much more powerful is that than me saying, yeah, burn your records? You know, I mean, seriously, right? Let the Holy Spirit deal with people, okay? Because so we need to be formed into his image, all right? And I don't need a list of laws. What I need is to listen to the Spirit. I don't need a list of laws. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, what if you miss the prompt? What if you miss the prompt? Because here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is infallible, but our listening isn't. How many know that? You know, sometimes you're like, you know, sometimes it's never wrong to do right. And sometimes you're like, oh, I gave too much or I served too much or I did that. Okay, those are easy. But what if you miss it? Like, what if you just flat out miss it? The Holy Spirit says, does that, do this, and you don't do it. I think I shared before, like he said, share with this person, and I didn't. I felt bad all day, and he's like, come on, listen to me better. Listen to me better. When I talk to you, I, I mean it, okay? Now, every time you miss a prompt from God, there's correction and consequences. Every time you miss a prompt from God, there's correction and consequences. He's a loving heavenly father, okay? Moses, God speaks to him in Numbers 20. And he says, speak to the rock and water will come out. Moses doesn't do it. He's angry. He has an anger problem. He's not listening to God. The prompt said, speak to the rock and water will come out. And he's angry and he takes his staff and hits it. And God's like, consequence, you don't get to enter the promised land. Wow. I don't want to miss that prompt. Okay, Jonah. God's like, all right, go preach. He's like, no, I'm going the wrong way. Swallowed by a whale. That is like serious, all right? Uh, All right. (laughs) I'll follow the prompt. I'll follow the prompt. Okay. Okay. Easier one though. Like Zechariah in Matthew 26. Okay. The angel Gabriel speaking to him. Like that's pretty clear. He's seeing an angel that is speaking to him and the angel's telling him all these things and he doesn't believe it. And his doubt causes him to lose his voice until his son is born. 
Okay, so he's disobedient to he's disobedient to the prompt, and there's a consequence with it, and they vary. Okay, but he's a loving heavenly father, and and I'm going to tell you this: whatever he does to give you your consequence, it's going to be the right consequence. It's not going to be off. It's not going to be too harsh. It's not going to be too light. Parents struggle with where they should get it. God's going to get it in the right spot. Okay, but the one thing I want to tell you about this is just try not to be added to the list. Try not to be added to this list. Like, they disobeyed, this happened, they lost their job. This ha- you don't want that. You don't want to be on that list. You want to follow the prompt and not be on that list. All right. Now, one of the most amazing ways that the Holy Spirit prompts us, in addition to just these spontaneous thoughts, is he speaks to us with these same type of thoughts while we read the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Holy Spirit makes the Word of God come alive because the Word of God is alive. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, it starts to come alive to you. Okay, now I want to let you know that the Holy Spirit puts life on the text. He puts life. How many know that one of the problems with text messaging today is you text message somebody and there's no tone and there's no touch to it? Okay, you get a text and you're like, sure, that's okay. Sure, that's okay. Or sure, that's okay. Or, you know, sure, that's okay. I mean, you're like, what, how do they mean it? Like, really? And that's a pretty short text, and I thought they were happy, and it was just, sure, that's okay, and there's no exclamation or smile face, and I'm trying to interpret the tone and the touch to it, right? How many know that makes it really hard, okay? So if the Word of God was just a book and just text that was on the page, it'd be hard. But what happens is the Holy Spirit brings tone to the text, The Holy Spirit brings touch to the text, and there's something going on supernatural when you read the Word of God. I don't have time to go into it all the way, but um, when we read the Word of God, there's some of it that's moral law that's good all the time. There's some of the Word of God that was civil and political things that were part of the Jewish nation, and that applied just to them. And there are ceremonial things that were part of the worship to God in the Old Testament that applied only to them that were fulfilled in Jesus, okay? So as you read your Bible, that's why we're in community. Remember, we're in community. We're going to help each other to understand this. My mom and dad, when they gave their life to Jesus, they went and got their Bible, and they started reading. All of a sudden, they find like this scripture in these old laws, these uh, civil political laws in the Old Testament about not eating shellfish. So they go to the, the pastor, and they're like, is it okay if we eat shrimp? You know, we're just wondering, because it said no shrimp, you know, and if there's no shrimp, like, you know, we're, we need to repent this week, you know, like that type of deal. And he's like, no, 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 no. That, that was a, a ceremonial thing for back then. It's good. See, because they were in community and they were trying to understand this, okay? So I don't have time to go and develop all that. But the Word of God comes alive to us when we read it. And there's these spontaneous thoughts that bring suggestions like, how about if you do this? Okay, you're reading the Word of God. All of a sudden, he's like, how about if you do this? There's spontaneous thoughts that bring direction, where all of a sudden, he's like, this is what's next for you. There's spontaneous thoughts that just illuminate and makes it clear to understand. Like, all of a sudden, you're just reading it. It's like, boop. You know, it's like it's glowing. And you're like, I can't even, wow. 
And, and if you like to highlight your Bible, how many tell, I love to highlight my Bibles and underline them, and, and I probably have like 50 Bibles that I own, and I'm highlighting and underlining, and there are times when I'm like, wow, and I will highlight, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then, you know, two years later, I'll be reading that same Bible translation, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder why I highlighted that. Hmm. All right, move it on. You know, all right, yeah. It's like there's time release illumination in the Word of God because it's, He's speaking to you for where you're at. Maybe right then you really needed that, and right now He needs to take you down another step, okay? So this is what's going on. All right, so um, when we're reading the Word of God, it's, we, we're meditating on the Word of God. And just to be very clear, when we're meditating on the Word of God, it's not like, it's not like mm, mm, we're not doing that, all right? There's none of that. It's none of that. God does not want you to empty your mind. He wants you to fill your mind, fill your heart, fill your spirit. He wants to speak to you. He doesn't want you to get to nothingness. He wants you to get to completeness, okay? And they're very different. So any like uh, transcendental meditation or empty your mind or hum or anything like that, nope, we have no part of that. When we say meditation, we're saying, God, explain your word to me. Open up my heart, my mind, and my soul so that you can communicate to me whatever you want to communicate to me. Does that make sense? It should make sense to us. And so with that being said, I'm just going to put myself on the spot, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to show you, um, and I'm going to read the Bible here. And they've got this little handy-dandy camera. I think we've got a cameraman that's uh, going, to, going to help us with this. And uh, I, I gave him, I said, like, here's like, you know, 10 chapters of the Bible. You guys just pick them. So I haven't, I haven't planned this. I'm not trying to sensationalize this. I'm just trying to say, this is how, when I read my word, this is how God and I interact, okay? And I'm, I'm, being, I'm not trying to make this illustration. I'm trying to be legit. I struggled with this all week. I prayed over it. I just said, God, just make this real. It's not a show. It's just real. So I'm just going to read. It looks like the staff highlighted Ephesians 4. Um, and then, so I'm just going to read this. Um, and so as I'm reading this, in chapter 4, verse 1, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Already, like the Holy Spirit just reminded me that I was in Rome and that Paul is in prison. This is very real. And he's like, live a calling. And, and as I'm reading that, just one verse, all of a sudden, God reminded me of just like when I was seven years old and I had the call of God. I, just, I gave my life to Jesus. And he's just saying, I called you. He's, he just, in, in that liquid, just flash moment, he reminded me that I was 15 on my first missions trip to Brazil, that he called me. He confirmed it. I remember seeing the pages of my Bible that day and weeping over that call. He confirmed it was in, when I was in Bible college. He's confirmed it. There's been dark days, and he's just confirmed it. And he's saying, live worthy of the calling you received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And just now, this might be my own thought, but all of a sudden, I just kind of felt like I still need to work on patience, okay? And just as I'm reading this, sometimes they're my thoughts, sometimes they're God thoughts. I'm not saying they're all inspired. But as I just read that, I thought, man, I'm really not patient, especially when I drive. Okay. Um, <laughs> make every effort to keep the unity in the spirit. Wow. And I'm just going to say this. Um, as I was even getting ready for this, I was fearful that, um, that there'd be a passage on unity because um, I just, I, I have a broken unity with a couple people in my life that I've tried to restore it with over and over and over again. And every time I read that verse, I didn't know that staff would pick that. The Holy Spirit brings it up to my mind. And I always um, pray for those people um, that I'm not in unity with. Um, yeah. And I love peace, and I just want to be in unity. Um, there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us has been given uh, 
a grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is what it says. When he sent it on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. And then um, it, just, it just reminds me that he's given all these gifts. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 11. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And it's just, I just, every time I read that, I just feel like the Holy Spirit says, remember, the calling that I've given you is to equip this body. And I just feel that stronger. He's just saying, equip the body. Do what I've called you to do until we all reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And even as I just read that word mature, God just reminded me that's our theme for this year. And he's happy with that. And he's loving that our church is, is maturing as a body. Okay, does this make sense to you? Okay, this is how I read the word of God. This is what's going on. And sometimes there's action steps. And, and sometimes when I'm reading the word of God, it, it, there's just a meditation moment and it breaks me down. And, and God is forming me into his image and he's making me into the man that he wants me to be. And that's how I read the word. And that's how you can read the word. And I can tell you, I, I don't want to sensationalize, but there are moments just even as I was reading it, like a warmth of God's presence just rushed over me. I can tell you it was distinctly different than, hey, Rob, that's a good thought. But it was the Holy Spirit saying, that's for you, especially the thing on unity. And he's, it's like, I almost feel like God's like, got you there. You know, like, um, that's what he wants to do every time you read your word. It's living, it's powerful, it's active, it's real. And that's, the Holy Spirit's gonna prompt you. He's gonna prompt you and form you into the image so that as you read the word of God, you'll start to know what God thinks and you won't need a law. You'll go through the day and instead of getting angry with somebody, you'll, you'll be a forgiver. Matter of fact, this is incredible. It says the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He doesn't lead us to the truth, he leads us into the truth. This is all I'll say on this. He brings us into the truth so the truth becomes part of us. Let me just give you this example. He doesn't lead you to forgiveness so you say, forgiveness is really cool. He leads you into forgiveness so you become a forgiver. Wow, how incredible is this that we're on this journey with God and he's so alive and real to us that he'll lead us into the truth so the truth becomes part of us and we live differently. Man, this is so incredible. And I'm praying that God will speak to you more. You'll get to know him better. You'll serve him better. And you'll help more people. So Heavenly Father, I just pray that you'd speak to all of us in this way. Speak to all of us in this way. We will follow the prompt. We're obedient to the prompt. We want to hear the prompt. We need the prompt. We are on mission with you. And some of us haven't shared our faith with anyone in months and months and months. And you've been begging us to share our faith. Help us to follow the prompt. Others have been called to step up and do something. We haven't followed the prompt. Some have been doing the spin-out rebellion move. And God, we need to follow the prompt. But just speak to us so we can follow the prompt. And may your word come alive to us. What a privilege we have that we have the printed word of God, that it becomes alive to us. When we read it, your Holy Spirit, you just speak to us. You give us action steps and direction and things to confess and things to move forward in. And so, God, we desire to follow the prompt. Speak to us that way, Lord Jesus. And we consider it a privilege to be in relationship with you and to hear the voice and prompt of God. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Help us to reach this world that desperately needs to know you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.